Welcome to Pros and Cons, a show about a variety of topics. I'm Jack. And I'm Kev. Let's talk about The Last Dance. And if you guys don't know, that is a documentary about Michael Jordan and the 1990s Bulls. Yeah, little 10-part series. Little 10-hitter, something <laughs> like, because, you know, everyone got time now. Yeah, I mean, that was a big thing of it, that it was originally supposed to be put out, like, in June. But then with quarantine, they pushed it up before it was even ready so they put them out like five weeks total with two episodes a week from like april to may and yeah it was a big thing i mean i don't know if you know this but i'll ask was it supposed to be released like two episodes at a time even when it was see that i'm not sure of because i mean let's start there how do you you like the idea of just releasing two episodes at a time on like a series in terms of strategy for getting people talking i think it was a great idea and maybe could have even been one a week okay it definitely got a lot of hype on social media but at the same time neither of us watched it as it happened <laughs> nah <laughs> yeah that's the funny thing because that was part of the genius of it like it dropped at a time where there's no sports nothing right. people are thirsty to watch anything new different and like interesting because i mean everyone especially if you were over 20 something like you know michael jordan or you either lived through his dominant era and this was like special but somehow some way <laughs> we kind of just brushed it off and said ah eh, we'll wait on it i don't know would you say that's like a, a blame on netflix on like we'll watch this one we want not necessarily following well, you're saying like the model that Netflix yeah, has like, like just set the up. model and releasing it and actually paying attention when it was releasing. Well, just a quick note: Netflix actually is involved with this too. It's like a ESPN x Netflix thing, and basically they aired on ESPN in the U.S. at that rate that we were talking about of two a week over five weeks. Outside of the U.S., it was on Netflix, so people were watching it in like the U.K. through Netflix as it came out. And then in a few months or whatever, they didn't say exactly when it'll eventually go on Netflix for the U.S. as well. But yeah, in terms of your question, though, of like watching all at once, mm -hmm. not that this is that complicated a plot line to follow, but I just rather have it when you're trying to follow this narrative, you know? Yeah. I mean, for me, I've mentioned before, I think in like previous episodes, I'm a binger. When something's out, I want all of it at <laughs> once. I don't just want to tease myself with one or two episodes at a time it's just not for me so everyone seemed to watch it when it was coming out it's just not for me like that model isn't fully working for me at the time but like it worked pretty well shout out to espn and netflix on working together yeah and for more context too on the series basically has both new interviews with like people involved including a bunch with jordan but it also has footage from the 97-98 season when they won that second three-peat. Spoiler alert if you don't already know that. But yeah, so this had footage that pretty much no one had seen. I know Bill Simmons mentioned that when he was like at ESPN, they were trying to make a similar type of documentary. And he actually got to see it because it was like on a special DVD. Oh, shit. But he's like one of... I don't know how many people, a very small number. To the rest of the world, this was never before seen and is really well shot, like beautiful cinematic film footage, which is definitely a big pro. And 
they have over 500 hours that they were picking and choosing from. And the footage could only be used with Jordan's permission. So he's also a big part of the doc, which we can get into as well at some point. But it took a long ass time and he finally agreed. And this is what came of it. And it basically shows like Jordan in general, even though it focuses on that season, but it jumps around the timeline a lot. Yeah. So like essentially it's about the team and the whole last year of them together. Their dynasty. But we know what the camera people were there for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah, Dennis Rodman, one of Jordan's teammates, is problematic, sure. Like, I'm sure he gave some nice footage. We had Pippen, you know, the, the nice Robin to the <laughs> Batman. But they were there for Jordan. And a lot of the footage is centralized around him. And, yeah, like you said, it is beautifully shot. If you guys don't know, or maybe you guys don't even get this reference, but... The show Hard Knocks, it's like a football show that captures like the locker room and the behind the scenes and practices and all the chaos. It's almost on that style, but this shit was like in the 90s. So <laughs> yeah, it works pretty well. You see like a bunch of behind the scenes, even like a bunch of footage with like the Jordan security team and like funny guy with like the blonde curls that became a meme later on. Yeah, like, the shrugging guy. <laughs> thumb in the bus on the plane. It's stuff you really don't get to see because it is like private times. A lot of teams don't like to show that. So maybe that's why Jordan took so long to just give the rights. And Since I haven't seen Hard Knocks really besides just a couple clips when you've been watching it, is it as total access as this was? Yeah, it's very similar. Like you see a lot of the same things and, you know, the playing around and cussing and them being comfortable in the locker room, which you don't see often and prepping and exercise, all that. The only thing is that, or I would say the major difference is that this is about like a primetime 1990s Chicago Bulls team. On Hard Knocks, you usually see like the scrub teams, you know, right. you see the Sacramento They're on the King. rebound this year. Yeah, you're talking <laughs> about like the maybe they'll make 500 team. But this is about like, imagine like the Yankees in the primetime or like right now the Patriots were like a few seasons ago, which is hard to see. Like you usually won't. So that's, like, really special in that way. I was going to bring that up later, but since we're on it, this doc made me want so badly a similar one, but with the late 90s Yankees, you know? With the core four? Yeah, that should be crazy. That'd be so strong. Like, just do 96 to 2000-ish. Yeah, like 2000, 2001. Man, that'd be so strong. Uh, Yeah. And again, like, I'm not the biggest fan, but I could see this working also for, like, Tom Brady's whole Mm -hmm. era with the Patriots. And if anything, this is probably setting the model for it. Like, I'm sure they're probably working on something like that for the future. I don't know how long, but yeah, I mean, Tom Brady's still playing, so it wouldn't work as well. But one for the Yankees could work. Yeah, that could happen ASAP. And I know they're doing, like, a Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, 30 for 30. Which is roughly around the same time. So it's almost like... Where we are now is the perfect time to be dropping these, like, 90s right. stories or sports stories, whatever it is. Yeah. It's, like, the right time, so. Speaking of this timeline, you know, this is the 90s. We were born, but <laughs> we were just little kids when all this was happening, mm-hmm. not actually aware. So, I feel like, and you can, you know correct me if I'm wrong for you or what your experience is, but I feel like for our generation, 
Jordan was more of a myth than something like we actually saw. And of course, we would see highlights and stuff, but not seeing him play almost heightened his legacy in a way because he was this larger than life. You don't even see him. He's just like, oh my God, he's the greatest ever. And he just became this figure where, especially getting into sports super young, he's like the Babe Ruth basketball, you know? Right. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. And to answer your question, like of him being some sort of a myth and Mm -hmm. not being able to watch it, if that like enhanced it, I'd say, yeah, all you hear or I used to hear is like how this guy was the greatest, like no one would ever be like him later on. Maybe comparisons to, like, LeBron started coming up, but still it was, like, shamed on. And it's almost like you had to believe it because, like, your dad was telling you this or your uncle, whoever it is, you know, someone older than you. Like, yeah, you didn't watch this guy play. This is it. And truly, like, I don't even remember watching, like, Wizards Jordan, which was, like, early 2000s. Funnily enough, I actually saw him at MSG. Like, he was on the Wizards, yeah. Wow. (laughs) Apparently, he was still good. (laughs) I don't remember the game, but... But I don't... It was almost like, at that point, he was starting to be overshadowed by, like, the younger generation of players. You know, the Kobe's, the Shaq's. Right. But there was always, like, this weird respect for him, just Mm -hmm. because... Yeah. You've always heard, like, yo, this guy's the greatest, and maybe he's washed now, blah, blah, blah. But you almost couldn't even prove it wrong, and... You kind of just had to live with that. And I'm not sure if this documentary, like, enforced that idea. Maybe I should, like, ask you that on top of your question. Like, did the documentary prove his godlike basketball skills that you've always heard of? I would say yes. And that's including them not even fully touching on areas that I think they could have done more of, Hmm. even though I understand why they didn't. Like, for example, another thing that made him kind of larger than life to us is the shoes. Mm -hmm. And they only kind of briefly brought that up. And that was another aspect where we were in high school, middle school, etc., you know, pining for Jordans and Jordans were the thing. And they're still huge to this day. Mm -hmm. And that's definitely impacted his legacy. And again, they barely touch on it. But at the same time, they still show so many things in the doc that I feel like paint this picture of this kind of mythical athlete and figure that you can't even really write it better than it already was. I do think that he is better than I imagine him being. So when I watch the footage, I'm like, oh, (laughs) this guy's actually kind of nasty, like. I feel like this is the first time I see as much footage of him. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. go back and watch Bulls games or anything like that. So, what they showed me here, I feel like, was a good sample. You see some bad games. You see mostly good games. But I feel like you got a good gist of his game. But Jordan without Pippen wasn't really Jordan. Jordan without Rodman wasn't Jordan. Jordan with the 45, that was like a whole thing in the documentary. Oh, he has to go back to 23. It's not the same. It's one of these things where in order for him to be this unstoppable force that he was, he needed those side pieces, you know? But that's arguably the true essence of being, you know, a complete team, not just focused on only one, but having all the pieces on the floor. It's hard to do this argument without bringing up 
the real god, LeBron James. <laughs> oh my god. I don't know if I want to get into it now. Should we? <laughs> We're here. Let's just do, do it. it. <laughs> All right. I feel like LeBron James, you can either agree or disagree. LeBron James just has like a bad rap in like a lot of things. Starting off with like, oh, he's always like kind of trying to run the team. Like they fired like coaches because of him. They've gotten coaches because of him. Let's not even touch on the whole craziness that happened in Miami. Like he asked for Chris Bosh or whatever it was. Or like he made like the super team, blah, blah, blah. We know LeBron has taken just as much shit or probably even more, maybe because of social media and things like ESPN, just giving him this bad light and that like he's controlling and blah, blah, blah. Why do we praise this guy so much and almost hate on this guy being LeBron so much and they almost do the same things? I do agree that LeBron 100% gets too much hate and it's just because people want to cause arguments. I think it has to do with the times and, you know, it's always been the case that the media tries to put bad light on people. You know, they tried to do it with Jordan's gambling and mm-hmm. even trying to connect him to his dad's death, which was crazy. But but I have no problem with LeBron going to Miami and playing with Wade and Bosch and all that. And I think him jumping around teams is more reflective of this era, too, because just across all sports, players don't often stick with one team for their whole career anymore Mm -hmm. so i think it's more just with each of their cases what's been the thing at their time and lebron when he has his own last dance series there will be the whole narrative of oh you know ohio boy then makes the decision goes to miami his time in miami and winning then goes back to cleveland wins it then goes out to la and We'll see what happens from here. But I also think right now, this is like a very step back, nostalgic look at Jordan. And in 20 years or whenever the LeBron docuseries drops, I think there will be a huge amount of nostalgia with him as well that is not present right now because we're living in it and everything has to be a heated debate. All right, but I got to keep it petty, so... The LeBron Last Dance documentary will be better than Michael Jordan's wow. Last Dance. And so will be Space Jam. But <laughs> let's keep going. <laughs> Wait, let's stick on Space Jam for a sec. So they show that briefly in the doc. I would have wanted a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But one thing I never knew that they showed was that he had a custom court built on the Warner Brothers lot during the movie. And then Strong. he would film all day and then go play in this at night. And he would have pickup games with like the league's best players like that whole part was just another part of his legend that i didn't know strong that's like one of the more interesting parts because when you watch shit like this you want to see those things you know like the yeah things you've never heard or never seen and even just to see the footage like they got a good amount of footage of these games right it's pretty dope that's like powerful and then having like reggie <laughs> anyone that was popping at that yeah. time to come through and just ball out I don't even know if it'd be possible nowadays just because people wouldn't want to get injured or who knows. Like, Hey, maybe LeBron will try to recreate that on Space Jam too. Damn. (laughs) And it'll be better. Like, they'll be playing music in the background. (laughs) They'll win. They'll have, like, a trophy. It'll definitely be, like, a hashtag for the name. (laughs) You know, it's LeBron, so he'll find a reason to, like, donate (laughs) $250,000 to a school. But real quick, like you said, with Space Jam, 
they didn't really show much of it. And also earlier you mentioned with the Jordan shoes, the Air Jordans, they didn't show enough of that either. And I think it's one of the bigger problems in the documentary. Because it doesn't show his cultural impact in the same way. A major theme on the documentary is about Jordan being known worldwide. Like, go anywhere. Flashes, the paparazzi, hotels, buses, like, going crazy. It's hard being Jordan. Yet some of the things that have lasted all these years, like his shoes, and maybe even gave him some of the popularity in his shoes and in Space Jam, got such little light, literally got like five to ten minutes in the whole thing. And that really sucked. Like, one of the things I have to con on the whole series. Yeah, for sure. And also, the baseball stuff, too, didn't touch on that as much as I wanted. I completely forgot. Another one, I mean, I'm a baseball fan, so... I was interested in yeah. maybe a whole episode in that, even though I know that's a lot. That's me being selfish. But again, something they only did like five to ten minutes on. Plus the rest of that episode, I think it was seven maybe, was just super boring. I remember both of us were like, bro, what was that? A doozy. I for sure closed my eyes for longer <laughs> than I was actually into the episode for, uh, which sucks. But I don't know. Maybe that's a little bit of a problem with the length of the whole series but yeah and i think originally it was supposed to be four then it got pushed to eight and then ended up at 10 <laughs> oh wow i didn't know that what would your perfect length be on this do you think two to three 23 baby jordan uh no i'm just joking <laughs> four to five ha <laughs> 45 jordan um and these are an hour each, by the way, for people who don't know. Or a little under, but around that. I mean, I don't know. Fully serious, I'd say something like six. Let me see. Can I link it to something? Six. <laughs> the six rings. Literally, the two three-peats equal six championships. I feel like it would have been a good length for him, even if the episodes were slightly longer. I know you're mm-hmm. messing with like ESPN and they have the ads, so they have to be a certain length and all that, but... To me, I'd probably just condense some of the episodes, you know, like the first couple episodes, which are primarily about like Scottie Pippen and their relationship and then like Dennis Rodman and his craziness. And then after that, I feel like it was uh, Phil Jackson's whole story and how he got to that. If you could somehow put that into one to two episodes instead of having three separate, that would have been great. Maybe have just one episode or two for like... The whole Be Like Mike, Air Jordan, mm-hmm. you know, like all cultural the impact. cultural. Yeah, that would have been probably even my favorite episodes if you just condensed yeah. that into like a solid episode of just his cultural impact. I'm not keeping count right now, but whatever is left, I'd make it into, I don't know, the struggles and how they got back up and yeah. winning the last couple rings. And that would have been it. But I think like six would be solid. What about you? Yeah, I feel like in terms of the exact amount, if I was like in charge of all the footage, Mm -hmm. I think I would have approached it a much different way. So I don't know in that case, but I would say six is probably good, like five to six. But there was a lot of stuff that, like we said, we wanted to see more of while there at the same time was so much that I feel like could have gone out of it. And there was so much on like random players he had rivalries with and just him being super petty (laughs) but they were all the same and why do i need to spend like 15 minutes 
25 minutes. I don't know how long it was with Reggie Miller. No disrespect to Reggie, one of the best shooters all time, but he doesn't need that much time in this doc. Not like they drag certain things out so much. It's like, yeah, he made a three. So I took it personal. <laughs> and that became like a whole, like anything, he'd like take it personal. And <laughs> that's why they got the win. And it's true. Like the last two to three episodes were filled with at least five of these instances <laughs> per episode. Not like ones. I'm talking per episode, like four to five. Who was it? Carl uh, Malone? What? <laughs> he played so well. They gave him MVP. Oh, my God. <laughs> I took that personal. Now I needed to win this, which is fine. Again, like do whatever it takes to win the game. This is something everyone knows in sports. You do whatever it takes, not steroids, you know. <laughs> but anything that's like legal, whatever, do it to win the game. But well, people have said like if he didn't play basketball, he would have been a serial killer or something. <laughs> Wait, people say that? <laughs> that's fucking nuts. <laughs> Uh, I don't see why not, to be <laughs> honest. Uh, the guy, for sure, his brain is just, like, different. And obviously, that's what makes him special. But they really emphasized that, like, in the last couple episodes. And it's almost comical by the end of it. Even within, like, the Bulls, like, they could have definitely trimmed down the Pippin and Rodman stuff. I do enjoy Rodman the whole you know hair color and just mm-hmm. wild chaotic behavior like he's the chaotic energy that they need to have that extra edge but stuff like steve kerr's dad i was just like why am i watching this it just makes no sense and they even said they introduced it as like did you and michael ever talk about your dads and i know it's like to make a point that they didn't get personal but like okay if they didn't we don't need this 10 minute story about steve kerr's dad getting shot it was very dark like super <laughs> somehow some way it was like worse than the part about michael getting or not michael michael's dad getting shot right yeah like i felt like it got way darker <laughs> and again it is technically called the last dance which is for the whole team it's right. not just jordan but somehow it still felt like yeah, and I know Steve Kerr is, like, obviously very relevant because he's the Warriors head coach and mm. et cetera, but still, it was just too much, I thought. And I believe, again, <laughs> in the doc, he said, like, this guy would only take maybe four to five shots per game. <laughs> Were they clutch? Yes, like, I know, every shot, crazy amounts of pressure, but it's not like he was the one dropping crazy right. amounts he's yeah. not the pippin you know so all you needed from steve kerr was the story the practice story you know where he punches mj in the chest and mm-hmm. then mj decks him and then they're like after that we were all good we were boys because <laughs> you know boys being boys but that's all they needed from him they didn't need this whole story on his dad but anyway there were just so much other player stuff that i felt was not necessary yeah like a lot like, the whole thing with Isaiah Thomas is, like, everyone oh, knows yeah, it. yeah, I know. It's even before the documentary, like, they beef, whatever. But, again, it was something that, like, they drag. And they bring up, like, later on again. And then <laughs> the whole, like, the production team bringing out the iPad to show Jordan, like, footage and what yeah. Isaiah is saying. And Jordan, like, laughing. Like, oh, this guy's an idiot. Kind of smirk on him. Funny, but, again, it's, like, these are some of the things that we don't necessarily need, but... It's also part of what made the documentary, like, 
tweetable because a lot of these photos right. and stills and screenshots is what you see it's the funny moments it's the jordan laughing at the ipad yeah of course like the stories and whatnot but maybe it would even like resurface in the future like jordan memes have come to life many times yeah i'm sure it'll keep coming back did the crying jordan meme ever come out in the documentary i mean that was later on no because right? that was like the hall of fame speech or something Damn, I don't would remember have been that to see that footage because I don't even know the context of it, but that's literally like the Jordan right. thing, especially if you're like 10 or 13. That's probably what you know <laughs> Jordan from. Well, what do you think about the fact that Jordan was like involved in it and it was a production done with only his approval and his team working on it and stuff? Do you think that negatively affected it? Like, would you have wanted to see something more objective? Or do you think it worked to its benefit or et cetera? I'm not completely sure. I only say this because I think even before it came out, I remember seeing or something that like Jordan himself was worried about like how the documentary was going to portray him or how mm-hmm. people were going to like see him after they watch it. People would think he's an asshole or whatever. We don't need to watch this to know that. <laughs> but so, yeah, I think it. I wouldn't say like negatively affected the whole series, but I would probably prefer if he was out of it even the gambling himself is something that i feel like they brought up and it's like oh we have to talk about this because everyone's aware of it so let's just shed some light on it but let's like brush over it really fast and they show like a little bit of footage i think he was like on an interview they're like oh yeah the gambling but it's it's healthy like i didn't lose my house blah 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 like it's just for fun like it's my competitive nature and it's like Everyone knows how bad or there's like a bunch of stories out there people have. And like, I feel like it would have at least been interesting to hear those. Even the whole thing with the flu game, like he really had the flu and his mom is like, yeah, he called me. He was sick. Well, food poisoning. Or like, yeah, it was the the food poisoning. And I talked to him. He was not good. (laughs) And then it's like, oh, but he did really well. And these are just some things I'm remembering, but I'm sure that like some things were probably like, you know, sugar coated or just considering everything. I'm sure they like just covered up a bunch of things or just didn't say enough about it that I would probably be interested in hearing. Like I want to hear the things no one sees or hears about. I don't think we would have gotten it in this case if he wasn't involved, but would it be better hypothetically without him involved? Maybe, but I don't know for sure because it could also focus on the negatives like how we were talking with lebron how he gets villainized it could turn into that type of thing so i don't know but i think it also in a way connects to today's times in the sense that players control their own narrative through social media and stuff Mm -hmm. and this is his way of doing that in a sense you know what i mean Obviously, it's a much more long-form and in-depth thing than a social media post, and it's looking back instead of in real time, but it's still his way of kind of putting himself out to the world in a way that he feels comfortable with, which is kind of what we're all doing on social media, so. Yeah, like, it shows, because I feel like the pettiness is there. Maybe that's why there's so many of those. This player (laughs) did that, so I had to prove him wrong. I mean, in general, watching, too, is a throwback to a different time, specifically within basketball, where these players didn't have social media, and the celebrity was different, and the game was just different all around. I mean, me personally, 
I'm not saying that basketball itself was better then. Like, obviously, players have gotten better and all that. But for me, even though I was, like, on the tail end of it, I enjoyed basketball more personally from, like, when I was much younger, like, early 2000s. And I kind of group in the 90s with that. When I look back, like, there was a switch, obviously, including Jordan leaving, but the 2000s felt like a transition period from the 90s. And those two together, I feel like it's the best period of basketball to me, just in terms of my interest in it and just the style of the game, even the jerseys and the arenas and stuff like that. That kind of added to it for me in the sense of just the whole feel of the games and everything. But yeah, I don't know. It's also hard to say with like now when we're so in it in the moment, you know? It for sure had like a special feel to it. And probably what a lot of people also like to mention is like the, the grittiness, just the no flops sort of playing that there was back in the day or I'll fight you if there's any problem type of game. And you see that in a lot of the footage, they were playing very rough. You see a lot of elbows, a lot of everything, the rough housing. And like, I don't know if I necessarily enjoy that or like that. Um, but I, I can agree with you. Like the style of play, like, I don't know, just games seem like they'd all be closer. I feel like now it's either maybe a close game or a blowout. Where like back in the day, mm-hmm. it was always like a good game. And maybe that's part of the style of play and like now there being more threes and all that stuff that I don't necessarily understand since I'm not the biggest basketball guy. But I don't know. One thing that really like popped out to me is like every time they show like game highlights from like the playoffs and whatnot, they'd show like a bar with like the score of the day or the score was always like reasonably low. Yeah. Like 80 something to 80 something. Where I feel like nowadays you watch a freaking Golden State Warriors game and they're like 120 to... It's like the game is not necessarily less defense, but it's literally like you could tell just from the score how different the game was back in the day. Well, also in terms of time, that's a big thing we haven't touched on yet is the whole approach of the doc where they have this one ongoing timeline with the 97-98 season, which is what it's about. And then bouncing back and forth to other years and (laughs) just a huge con, right? Huge con. I don't know how many times I questioned like whether I knew exactly what was going on or not. (laughs) For example, Dennis Rodman, who was in the Pistons, I believe, before he joined the Bulls. And then they show you the whole story and how the Bulls got him and how he was problematic. But then (laughs) timeline or sometimes I feel like they wouldn't even show it or something. Yeah. (laughs) But then you see Rodman again, like on a Pistons uniform. And then two episodes later, it's like, and then the Bulls got a new teammate, Dennis Rodman. (laughs) You're like, (laughs) but this was on episode two. And yeah, I believe with Horace Grant, it was something similar when he went to Orlando or something like that. Yeah. And again, these are just some that I'm remembering. I'm sure it happened many times where I was like, wait. In the same episode, like, this just happened. How is the timeline just, I'm sure, like, on paper and, like, the whole idea probably made sense just because it's easy to track when you see numbers or data. But, like, when you're visually just watching for the story and, like, trying to follow it, it's really hard to keep up just going back and forth and 
literally just keeping tracks on like who's where, when did this happen, and we already saw this, why are they re-showing this, which happened a few times too. Mess, like, I don't know who was in charge or had the idea of the timeline, but one of the easiest things to con on this one. Yeah, and I know they were probably trying to do it because, you know, it's based around heavily all this footage they have that has never come out of that one season, so they're trying to, like, tie it back and forth and show how it got from one to the other, but it just didn't really work. Like, it was okay at some points but others it was just like very messy i don't know exactly what the solution is but it was just a little too all over the place didn't work as smoothly as i'm sure they envisioned it what do you think about watching these moments that you already know what's gonna happen like certain shots and certain games was it still interesting or special to you or like how'd you feel about those Obviously, they weren't surprising. They were special. Like, I got to at least understand where, like, the excitement or the hype comes from. I won't take that away from it. Like, it was pretty special to see. But to me, the series was, like, very interesting. Episode 1 through 5. And, like, episode, like, 6 through 10. It wasn't as exciting, but it's because you're like ready for what's going to happen you already know what's going to happen and they're kind of leading the whole way and even without them leading you i just know like yeah the bulls have gotten a 6p and blah blah or (laughs) wow a 6p that would have been crazy but they got two three-peats or six championships so it's like not surprising like i'm not excited to see the ending even though you don't really watch a documentary like a movie But to me, the things I was interested in and really wanted to hear all happened within like the first four or five episodes. And after that, I kind of knew what was coming. But it also like showed because I feel like the hype with the whole series was only like the first couple of Sundays that it released. The series ended and I feel like I saw nothing about it like on social media. Yeah, it was definitely bigger at the beginning yeah, like some people still talked about it like bill and you know this is their world like they're gonna mention it but right outside like the people people that we're surrounded or do social media with like it just wasn't a thing and i think that showed with how the series was set up yeah i agree it definitely deteriorated more as it went along and just dragged out a whole lot more you know what i mean right yeah and Certain moments, like I was mentioning, certain classic shots, they show, and they show okay, but I don't think it makes them feel any more legendary than they already are. Right. And with the ending, too, to me, is like, that's maybe one of the best shots of all time. Hmm. But the way they show that, like, it's fine, but it's not, (laughs) it doesn't make me feel like, oh my god, like. The way I feel about that shot otherwise. When I think of like Jordan clutchness, the Jordan shot, like the number one clip that shows up is that crazy shot. He makes like a three with like two seconds left or something. And he starts pumping, jumping in the air. I think that was like 89. That came on an L, bro. Like they didn't even go that far. I don't think they got to the championship or anything. That was just like a playoff win. And it's weird because like you said, that shot 
Uh, who was it, Russell, you said? Mm-hmm. Way bigger shot than this shot I'm talking about. Yeah, it felt way less special than how they portrayed or, like, showed this regular playoff clutch two-second buzzer right. beater by Jordan. I mean, that one is an iconic shot, too, for sure. It is. I but, feel like it's yeah. the one you see in videos and commercials. And right. It's also, like, the moment how he reacts to it. Yeah, but exactly. When it comes to, like, actual meaningfulness to the Bulls. Right. It's very low in the totem pole. I mean, also, in terms of the overall structure, it ends with that season, which it's focused on, the 97-98 season. But I was kind of disappointed that they didn't even mention, like, anything that happened after. Like, they had these, you know, it's like the black background with white text that comes up. And I thought they were going to say, like, Michael Jordan went on to come back again and play for the Wizards. But they don't even mention it in text let alone show anything. Like, I really wish they would have shown at least the rest of his playing career because I feel like that factors into the story and they don't even mention or do any of it and it's kind of weird. I think that's why you don't have Jordan be part of this (laughs) because I feel like he had to have something to do with this. Yeah, like this shows his legacy the best. Yeah, He got two three-peats and then he stopped. Yeah, like he raised this part. We don't need that. Blah, blah, blah. But again, yeah, like I would have been interested in something like that and how he came about it, especially because I feel like one of the last things I also remember might have been in the last episode is how there was like this whole conversation or idea of like retiring while you're on top. Right, exactly. Yeah. And that he says, and this is like new information, at least him saying it this explicitly that he wished they could have gone for seven and played again the next year to defend the championship yeah but then again like you're here and then kind of erasing this like thing that happened in the future which again is like it makes sense why you would keep it out it just sucks that you did and almost seems like a controlling thing i mean do you think they should have gone for a seventh or like it was good as it is seven is a weird number (laughs) um i like the number six (laughs) It also is like two three-peats, you know? Yeah, like it, it just fits well. But has anyone in the NBA gotten a four-peat? I don't think so. No, right? Yeah. So that would have been strong, you know, Jordan being <laughs> Jordan. You have to go for that, you coward. I mean, looking back, yeah, that would have been interesting. And if he would have gotten that, I'd easily give him the greatest basketball player of all time. But Damn. since he didn't, <laughs> LBJ. Uh-huh. <laughs> Well, that next season was also, like, the lockout season for half or more of the year. So, that would have been a factor, too. But Factor or an excuse? (laughs) (laughs) And, by the way, speaking of best of all time, where do you rank Phil Jackson among coaches? Oh, one. Yeah. I mean, he has to be, right? I don't even know who's number two. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) His story was kind of interesting, too. Like, I don't know. He coached in Puerto Rico, and he was like... Mm -hmm. I knew he was a basketball player, which is crazy. He's fucking so tall and lanky. <laughs> Those photos are crazy to see, too, of just young Phil Jackson. But it was interesting to see, but easily number one coach out there. Oh, that reminds me, too. Neither of us were aware that Francona was Jordan's baseball coach. Like, Bruh. that was crazy. <laughs> like, I was like, why is... <laughs> why him? Hey, like, <laughs> Joe Torre's available. Hit him up. 
And then, like, it shows he was actually his coach. It's pretty crazy. What are the odds, like, out of all the minor league teams and all the coaches, like, one of the most successful in baseball? Yeah, fucking Tito. And brought back the Red Sox. I mean, yeah, like, arguably one of the great baseball coaches of all time. Yeah. Obviously not number one, but he's up there in the conversation. So that's crazy. Like, Jordan's only been coached by the best, yeah? (laughs) Yeah. Talking from UNC to Phil Jackson to Terry, like... right. I mean, your resume is crazy when it comes to coaches. See, like, I want just the, the good little insights like that. I wish there was a few more things, but... What did you think about, like, other cameos in it? Cameos were kind of strong, yo. Yeah? Obviously, a bunch of basketball players you see there. Isaiah, always interesting. Magic, being magic, <laughs> obviously. Somehow, Nas made it to this shit. But again, the one that stood out, it became like a whole cry when it happened. Kobe Bryant unseen footage of Kobe Bryant just talking about Jordan and how much Jordan meant to him and his game put even more respect on Jordan because that was also like a conversation even before LeBron like just the Kobe to Jordan and he straight up put like everything down maybe it even hurt some Laker fans because Kobe himself said like oh there is no me without Jordan shout out to him and that that was pretty heartwarming and cool to see and same for LeBron no LeBron without Jordan or Kobe. <laughs> Did LeBron make the cut? Was he one of the cameos? He wasn't. No, he wasn't in there. <laughs> you see the pettiness? Hey, <laughs> next time. Like I said, there'd be no LeBron without Jordan. The and that includes the pettiness. Was the name LeBron mentioned in the whole series? But they don't talk about any future NBA people besides Kobe. No, yeah, I think Kobe was the only one. Other than that, I mean, the god Barack made it multiple times Mm -hmm. talking about like he knows basketball i know he has the little handle little jimmy but (laughs) you see him once or twice uh chicago chicago native yeah the funniest thing to me still is how much jalen rose we see especially (laughs) of the games that he was technically in (laughs) yet we see no footage of him playing (laughs) basketball yeah he's the one talking the most about that it was a pacers team right or something like that yeah yeah because he was with reggie no sight of Jalen. <laughs> yeah, he has so much insight about this. My dude was riding that bench, but it was really funny to see. I like Jalen, though. He's uh, one of the better, like, characters of the NBA right now. Yeah, I mean, that's also, you know, he's part of ESPN, so. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he just got put on. I mean, also, even, like, casually, a Leo DiCaprio cameo at the end. Leo? <laughs> wrong you can't hate on that and i feel like there's definitely more that we're forgetting too and also you know we were talking about the archival footage and that's there for a lot of it but what did you think of how they shot like the new current interviews yeah i mean it wasn't bad the only thing i can really picture is like him sitting on his all white living room or what it seemed like all white with an odd couch in the middle of it that sits just Jordan, like a king. <laughs> like, I'm not mad at it. It worked. It's really modern, really sharp. The only thing is, like, the rest of the footage is, like, this beautiful, aged, like, stylized film with crazy coloring. So when you, like, jump yeah. back and forth, even though it's not a lot, like, it's not like they use all that much Jordan in his living room footage. Or it's just for very short periods of time. That it almost, like, doesn't fit. And 
it's not the other way around. Like, it's not like the film footage looks like it doesn't fit. It's more like the new footage doesn't fit. And I don't know. It would also be odd if you, like, shoot his house in film to make it look more even. <laughs> like, it's almost like whoever was shooting it is almost cornered to mm-hmm. work with whatever they have. And I'm not mad at it. Like, it, it works. It does its job. I'd give it, like, a very light pro. I agree in the sense that, like, it was okay, but... Yeah, I would have liked to seen, I don't know, something different with how they shot it. Like it is better than how typical documentary shots used to be, which were extremely boring. But at the same time, it's still not that exciting. So yeah, I don't know. Also, just like I wouldn't say boring, but I'm not saying to go like on the man cave, you know, <laughs> with like the bulls poster or something. But I don't know, maybe like just switch the background and it probably would have been better yeah it feels like i don't know i'd say the best way to describe it to me is a missed opportunity just because it could have made the doc that much more iconic or interesting and if it had a certain setup that was really visually appealing or interesting or humorous or whatever that could have been another thing that was screen grabbed and shown on social media but the only time the modern ones were shown was like him reacting to the iPad or certain particular lines that he said. Right. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, we watched it after and like we said, it had a lot of hype, even though it fell off a little bit over time. But how do you think it held up to the hype? I could say it was probably even a little better than I anticipated. I tend to enjoy like documentaries like I watch a bunch even outside of sports and maybe this is partly due because i'm a well-known jordan hater (laughs) and watching the documentary really i wouldn't say like changed my mind on it but it like proved that thing about like the legend of jordan that we talked about earlier of like damn this dude was really great one of a kind type of player no matter what sport, like when you become that person or the name that references everything else you talk about, for like example, like, yeah, Tarantino is the Michael Jordan of films, whatever it is. I mean, I'm not saying these are accurate. I'm just using the example. Don't hate on me. <laughs> Maybe that like swayed in how I consumed the whole series. So when it comes to like the hype, I feel like it did its thing. I guess that's saying like the hype of the series and the hype of Jordan as a player Mm -hmm. all in one however like I did say the last half of the series wasn't the strongest I wouldn't say it takes much away it was just my personal interest in the whole series yeah I mean I think at least the last three or four episodes to that same point were ones that didn't live up to the hype although if we compare it to social media talk Not as much people were talking about them, so maybe in a way they did. But while we've pointed out many things that we think could have been better with it, it still was enjoyable to watch Mm -hmm. a lot of the time. And again, while I think they could have done more things to show him even better, I still think that it even more solidifies his legacy. And that's in the world and for me personally. And... We've talked before about doing a MJ LeBron episode at some point. That'll still probably happen eventually mm-hmm. in a while. But for me, I don't think anyone will ever top him in basketball. 
in my eyes, just because of the kind of myth of him and him being this Babe Ruth type figure. Babe Ruth was another player, obviously, that, you know, we didn't even come close to seeing. But with him, there's like so little footage and pictures of him and stuff. And some of it is literally just like folklore, you know. Mm -hmm. But with Jordan, we have this time capsule and all these things documenting him. And even if it wasn't perfect in how it was arranged to us, it still lays all that out there and you get to see that. And it's cool to see the rare footage. And so I would say in terms of a grade, I would give it, uh, it's tough, but light pro feels a little too light. So I'll go with solid pro, but I could even understand light pro though. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with a medium light pro. (laughs) Yeah, that's a new ranking system right there. Inventing them out here. I know. Better than I expected. I respect Jordan as a person a little bit more and his game and his legacy. A lot of things that I wish had a little bit more time on. A lot of things I wish they kind of, they took out. It was well made. All the footage is crazy. Even some of the film shots, like, which we didn't really fully touch on. But a lot of great pictures that, like, surfaced in the internet because of this and and all the 90s like aesthetics and those like. bro the swag the drip was yeah. crazy i even i think while watching the series i told you like yo now i want a pippin jersey right <laughs> might still happen because uh, i'm not putting a jordan jersey on <laughs> everybody knows that uh and yeah it, it's one of those things where like it'd be dumb to say that it's a con like it no matter how much you hate this dude or if you don't believe, whatever it is. Even if you're Isaiah Thomas, like, you yeah. got to pro this. And, yeah, The Last Dance, medium light pro. And I did think it had a good just feel to it overall. I did like that aspect of its style. But, yeah. So that wraps it up for this episode of Pros and Cons. I'm Jack. You can find me at Jack Bloom Summer, Summer with an O, on everything. And I'm Kev. You can find me at Same Old Kev on all platforms. Long live LeBron James. Six rings.